Well, good morning. I'm a children's pastor. Good morning. Uh, thank you. I'm glad to see the kids in here today. Does my heart good to see be with the kids because that's who I'm normally with anyways, but I consider myself just a big kid no matter what, and you'll find that in my message. You'll find that in everything I do in my life. Um, it's a blessing to be here because it, 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 God continues to amaze me how he will shake me and bring me to a place like this to bring you the word today. He uses me in so many different ways if you're just willing to allow him to use you. And I realized that uh, Pastor talked about Howard and Sharon. Um, they were here recently in town taking care of some business and some, some people from the church helped them by going and helped them move some stuff. And, and I'd recently, uh, they, Sharon called me and I'd had COVID at the time. And, you know, so, of course, she calls me, and I use that as a good COVID excuse, so I couldn't help, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to help. And, and I want you to double-check my word today, because there are certain things that happen when you bring the word, and when you get COVID, right, I had COVID fog, COVID brain, so my wife and I were calling on some business, and I had to call the bank, and, and the bank said, well, Michelle, my, my, my loving wife, she's really the brains in our operation, so the, the, the bank, they said, well, Mr. Reed, um, I, well, they said, I need your first name and your last name. I said, my first name is Bob Reed, and my last name is Bob Reed. And I kind of smiled, and I said, hey, mister, I have COVID. Talk to my wife. <laughs> so, but Howard and Sharon, thank you for helping take care of them. Um, Sharon is, what an inspiration. 35 years in a mission field. She goes over on a slow boat back in the day. And if she wouldn't have been obedient to the call that she had on her life at that point in time, I wouldn't be able to be bigger or part of something that's much bigger than myself. Our conference center at Basket of Hope has, we built up the conference center and it has a, a main building, it has a Makuti building that we call, that we get out of the shade. It's the conference center where people, pastors, leaders come in and are able to be edified and taught and, and bring, we bring the word to them. Not only that, it's used by some of the local people um, and, and these things are, are utilized, and we're also, we support 32 learning centers. This is up to 2,000 children, 2,000 children that we give them basic needs of paper, pencils, crayons, things that they just don't have. They do not have these things, so we give the, to the teachers attendance books so we can then check the attendance later for part of our feeding program. Our feeding program, we're up to 1,400 children that we feed one meal, every day, and it's through blessings and donations through people like yourself that, that allow us to be able to do that. But like I said, the, the thing that allows me to go is I spend about six weeks out of the year in Kenya, my loving wife, Michelle. Michelle, can you stand up for us? She's going to be mad. All five foot four. I said stand up. I, uh, she's a short one, but she helps me out. She's the one that keeps the majority of things running behind the scenes and keeps things flowing. God's blessed me with a wife that has strengths in my disabilities, right? So she's a numbers person. She keeps me with all the newsletters and things going on. But as one of the things I spend so much time in the mission field, one of the things that uh, we've been able to do over the past few years is we've been blessed. We've been blessed financially to where I, we found that I spend enough time away, but my wife's love language is quality time. And so I needed to spend some quality time with her. So the past few years, we started going to Costa Rica on vacation. 
I come back from the mission field, about three, four weeks I work, and then we, we take off for a week, 10 days, and we fall in love with Costa Rica. We go to Costa Rica, we unplug, we unwind, we spend some time with each other, some sun, some sands. Well, two years ago, my wife's a planner. She is a planner. She has our agenda laid out. I always tell her, I don't want a vacation from my vacation. So don't plan it out so thick that we got to do a bunch of things. But she lovingly planned an inland fishing trip for us. And I was like, yes, I love to fish. Anybody out there fishermen? All right. And I was excited about this. But my wife, she gets a little motion sick. So even on a flight, she has to take Dramamine. And so we plan this inland fishing trip, and she talks to this charter, and she's handling everything, and she takes care of the charter, and the charter says, Michelle, that's my best Spanish voice, Michelle, if you get sick, we can take you back to, the, back to the condo, we'll take Bob out fishing, and everything will be all right. So the day finally arrives, and we come up, we're going fishing, and I'm excited. We get going out on the boat, and as he's giving us our instructions, we're just slowly but surely tooling out. He goes, now we'll go out about six miles. And Michelle immediately goes, oh, <clears throat> this was inland fishing, sir. And she's like, he's like, Michelle, that is inland fishing. Six miles out is inland fishing. And in her eyes, she's like, oh, no. As we start heading out, she's, she's sitting on this boat, and she's locked in. She's sitting on the boat, and she's just laser focused right there on what's in front of her. She's looking. We're going up and down, and we're kind of moving around. And I see her. She her body, she's turning a few different shades of colors. And, and I finally, so I, being a loving husband, I go sit on the opposite side of her. And I sit down right next to her. Oh, honey, how are you? And she goes, move. <laughs> Get out of my way. A little while later, we take her back to the shore, right? She can't take it. I'm sorry, honey, that I'm bringing this out in the public. She can't take it. So I go out and I fish for a few more hours. I catch one whole fish, right? One fish. This year was a little bit different. No fishing trip planned, nothing. We're enjoying time on the beach, we're going along, having a good time. And when the recesses of me, I wanted to go deep sea fishing. So one night as we're sitting there, I muster up the courage to bring it up to her. Honey, I really would like to go deep sea fishing. And she says to me, oh honey, that would be great if you went. I can go with you. And I said, no, 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 no. No, you can't. So secretly, I've gone behind the scenes and I've kind of done some research on all the deep sea fishing charters because there is the internet in Costa Rica, believe it or not. You can get down there and, and, and start to do some research. And so I'm looking up and I come up for the, and I start calling these charters and finding out the best things. Now this charter, he comes up and he says, Mr. Reed, this is on a Wednesday evening, granted. We're flying out on Sunday. He says, Mr. Reed, the best fishing is going to be Saturday and Sunday. And I said, well, that's not going to work for me. I need to go fishing on Friday. It must be done on Friday. He goes, but Mr. Reed, the seas will be calm on Saturday and Sunday. You must go on Saturday and Sunday. I said, I'm sorry. I'm flying out on a plane on Sunday. I will not be here. But on Saturday, if I go on Saturday, I will be here next year single. I will not be with my wife because she was going to murder me. Our last day on vacation, there's no way. So the, the charter done his due diligence, and he said, Mr. Reed, I'd like you to choose a different day, but if I'll take your money. If you really want to go fishing on Friday, I'll gladly take you fishing. So I pick out this fancy boat, and I, you know, I, I come along, and 
sat there and I said, okay, I got, I got what I can afford. And we, the only thing was when they said that, that I'm going to back, back step it a little bit, when he said that the fishing was going to be bad on Friday, he said that you should go to another town, which is an hour away, so then you can get on a boat and go to one, two hours south to where the seas are a little more calm. I said, okay, uh, we can check that out. But here's the problem. I'm the only one that's ever driven in Costa Rica. My wife does not drive. In other words, we had to drive an hour south, and then I would leave her all day for this fishing excursion. Made her a touch nervous. Who's ever driven in a foreign country before? Yeah, you know, it can be all right. You know, you get in one accident, you don't speak the language, it can be a little bit dicey, right? You, you, you don't know. And, but she's never driven. And so we kind of talked to the guy, said, Let's, let us check it out. So the next day we got up and we drove this, this town called Tamarindo. It was an hour away. And here I am, I'm excited. I want to go deep sea fishing. I'm being selfish at this point in time, right? Checks. Yes, I want to go deep sea fishing. And as, as I go along and I'm looking, I'm looking around and, and we're coming up, and I get out, and the police, there's a policeman. Right as we pull up, I say, yes, this guy will surely tell me where this place is. The guy sent me a picture of a restaurant. That's all I know. He goes, the fishing charter take off next to this restaurant. I go, sir, sir, look, 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 look. I'm trying to find this place right here. He goes, oh, you know, speaking English. I'm like, oh, okay. So Michelle and I, we shop for a little while. We buy a few things, and we're coming along, and all at once I see two more police officers walking down the sidewalk, I said, excuse me, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am. I'm trying to find this place right here. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, speaking English, which is good. You know, I said, okay, Lord, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. I'm not supposed to go fishing. That's the way it is. But you know how it is, us men or anybody, when they want to really want to do something deep down, you kind of start forcing your, your mankind, your human ways on it, right? So I go strolling down along the ocean. And Michelle can sense that, Starting to get a little tensed up. Starting to get a little frustrated. And as I'm getting frustrated, I'm like, I just, I can't believe this. I want to go. And she's like, Bob, let's just, just forget it. It's all right. We can enjoy some time with each other. And I said, yes, we can, honey. But I really, really wanted to go. So let's walk just a little further. And I walked about the length of the sanctuary. And it was the end of the little pathway that we we're on. And I'm just like, oh, it's not going to happen. And I said, let's just sit down at this table right here. Let's just sit down. So we sit down. I'm kind of sulking in my sorrow, right? All at once, I look. Well, hey, we're at the restaurant. We're right where we're supposed to be. God led us right to this place. I said, yes. So I call up the guy. I said, yes, we're going to go fishing. You know, we worked it out, and we sat there, and we talked, and Michelle's going to drive back, and she's going to take a ch- this leap of faith, and she's going to drive on her own. She's going to go to the beach. She's going to go shopping. She's going to drive down, and she's going to come back, and she's going to pick me up. We're both going to have a wonderful day. And I, so I start working on it, and I, I call up the guy, and he says, well, I need to, for you to pay for this on PayPal. I haven't used PayPal in 15 years. I don't have an account. And when you're in, in, when you're in Costa Rica, you're trying to set up an American PayPal account. It really doesn't go too well, right? So this is here again, the Bob Reed manly kind of guy. I'm pushing the buttons and I'm a little frustrated. I'm starting to get just upset because of my fishing trip dream is going away from me again. And about that time, some guy coming along and he's walking along and he's got his hat and he's ringing it out and he swings it and he gets water all over me. And I'm like, Ugh. Michelle's Bob. 
deep breath from me. Settle down. And I go, okay, all right. Next thing you know, I'm still trying to work on this PayPal thing. It's slowly but surely starting to go through. And at that point in time, all once this other, the guy comes back, the guy that got me all wet, he gets on this flip phone and he starts talking real loud, obnoxious next to us. He's talking to American. Hey, I want to take you. I can't believe your dad still got a flip phone. I want to take you and your dad to the Michigan-Penn State game next year. Are you willing to come up to Michigan? It's on me. I'll take you to the game. Well, now I know he's somewhat tied to Michigan. And I'm like, oh, what is going on with this? And I'm sitting there and I'd, I'd look at him and he was really loud. He's, he'd been drinking. And I'm just like, oh. Michelle would tell him, Bob, calm down. Calm down. Got the fishing charter all set up, and I said, yes, here we go. I'm in. I get up, and I, God convicts me a little bit as I'm walking by the guy. I looked at him. I said, go blue. Where are you from? And I said, well, I'm from Brooklyn, Michigan. And all at once, the guy's eyes get just huge. He stands up from the table. He goes, that's my hometown. And I'm like, Brooklyn, Michigan has a population of 1,211 people back in 2019. Me and this guy are both from the same town. There's more people that can fit in a sanctuary that live in the town that I'm from. Right? Imagine that. And all at once, he sat there and he goes, well, what's your name? I said, I'm Bob Reed. He said, he said my name's Todd. I'm not going to give you his last name. And I said, okay. I know this guy. I played football in a little town called Addison, which is about 15 miles away. I was an all-state football player. He graduated the year after me. He was an all-state football player. We kind of know each other. I had dreams of playing college football. He went on to play for the University of Michigan. Big difference, right? He's, he, he was a good football player. I just want to be a good football player, right? And so he, he goes along, and he starts telling me about all these things. You know, or he didn't start telling me about all these things. Pardon me. I start just telling him about, you know, what we're doing, and he kind of gets all excited. I said, wow, why don't you have a drink with us? And I said, no, no, I don't think so. It was 10.30 in the morning, I mean, at this point in time, but I, I just, there's no way. And so we kind of got excited. Michelle and I went back to the beach that day, and, and I was, we were planning out the next day, which is our big Friday event. She's going off all by herself, and I'm going to be off by myself. The next day is we get up to the beach, and my wife's a trooper. Bless me to go fishing. And so I get up to the beach and I go out and she's dropping me off and we say our goodbyes and the charter boat takes me out to my little boat and there it is. My fishing boat. This isn't actually the boat. This is a much better boat. This is the one they had on the website. But it has the basic center console. It didn't have the, the awning to, to kind of help you keep you dry or out of the sun. But it's what I had to deal with. But as I got out to the boat, my captain, whose name was Nacho, Nacho tells me we're going to go to one to two hours south and we're going to go, we've got to get out of the waves. And he really, he gives me no safety instructions. He just basically welcomes me to the boat, says the water and the pops are there, sit down and we're going to go for a ride. I'm like, wow, God, you, you have this. You, you got this, God. We have no instructions whatsoever. As we're taking off out of the bay, we're going along, and there's this little, there's this little island there. Just as we get up next to this little island, bum, 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 bum. the boat stalls out. I'm like, Lord, Lord, 
you got this. And we're slowly but surely drifting towards the island. I said, Lord, if I'm not meant to go, we're, you know, they're going to refund my money. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm good with it. We made the attempt. About that time, the engines fire up. We take off. I'm like these little kids, Van, in here. I was so excited. We were going along in a boat, jumping over. And Nacho was a good driver. We'd go in between the waves. All at once, there's flying fish everywhere. I was like, oh, that is, God, that is so cool. Dolphins, you know, they're diving in and out, and they're going up and down. I'm like, oh, that is just amazing. And we'd see all at once, we went through miles of bait fish hitting the water, and they were coming up in the top. I said, I said, Nacho, Nacho, why don't we stop here? No, 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 too rough. You know, and we kept going. And, I, and I, we kept going and going. I was like, oh. After we finally get down there, I'm looking around, and the waves are still big. I'm like, this, we got out of the waves for this? They're huge. I'm a, I'm a little Michigan boy, right? I mean, Lake Erie is not something I go out on. I've been out on a few times, but I'm used to one to two foot waves, you know, a little inland fishing. You know, out here, there's, there are four to six foot waves, and you're going up and down. And I have this big boat, and all, all I'm doing is we're sitting there, and I got the center console, and it's got a couple rails, and I'm, I'm bobbing, I'm weaving, I'm hanging on, and I'm hanging on, and I'm hanging on, and he starts to set the lines. I'm like, okay, I'm getting excited. We're going to do some fishing now. We're going to catch some fish, right? That's why we went, right? But after a couple hours of bobbing and weaving and hanging on, I realized that, oh, my gosh, my hands, they're starting to get blisters. I got blisters on my hands from gripping on so tight. And, and we're sitting there, and I'm like, man, Lord, you brought me out here. Now, there's kids in the room, right? I might need a little help with this. Now, when you're out deep sea fishing, you're in the water, what book of the Bible would you start to think about? Yep, right here. A little louder? Jonah. Yeah. I mean, I start, I'm really, though. I'm getting out there, and I'm looking over the ocean. It was amazing. The beauty of it, the colors. I was just enamored by it. I'm looking at God's amazing creation. I love the outdoors. I gazed about it, and I thought about Jonah. But what I thought about Jonah was, was this verse right here. Jonah 1, 14 through 16. It says, Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. and Do not charge us with the innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah. And they threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly, offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and took vows. I sat there and I just kept thinking about these men, how hard it must have been to take Jonah and pluck him up and throw him into the sea. They were more than likely very good men, upstanding men. They didn't, they didn't want to throw another human into the sea, but it was Jonah's disobedience that forced their hand into doing this action. They just tossed a man overboard. I kept scanning the endless sea and I kept thinking, Jonah's story. How amazing that God in the middle of this ocean, I mean, when you get out there in the middle of it, he sends along this fish to snatch Jonah up. I was like, wow. God, you are amazing. How you can do that. Then I thought of this scripture here, Jonah 4, 6 through 8. 
it says, and the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah. He prepares a plant that it might be a shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as the morning dawned and the next day, God prepared a worm. And it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened that when the sun arose, that God prepared a vehement east wind. And the sun beat on Jonah's head so that, grew, so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. God is so amazing. Just think, he prepares a plant. Then God communicates with a worm. You talk to worms? Do they listen to you? God prepares a worm and sends it to destroy this plant. As the plant withers, God sends in this wind. Our God, he's in control of all these situations. And I thought about that thing. I closed my eyes just that moment and how, how God the day before had placed his, such a small world that he placed a man in my path from my own hometown who I really knew not much about all the way down in Costa Rica on a strange beach in the middle of nowhere. Think about how amazing God is. It should be exciting. It is amazing that God's that big. And I'm sitting there and I'm closed, my, my eyes closed, closed and I'm just, I'm thinking about that. And here, I'm sitting there and I'm waving back and forth and I'm thinking about how amazing God was. And he's just going on and he's going on. And I'm like, oh my Lord, that you do all these things. And just that moment, God answered me. Almost my, my fish, I'm like, nacho scream, sailfish. I'm like, yes, I jump up and I go and I grab the reel and I start reeling in. And I'm like, wow. This is what we came for. This is what it's all about. The fight is, it's intense. We're fighting for about 10 minutes. He's taking more line than I'm pulling in, but I mean, I was exciting. I'm kind of a big guy, but I, five minutes in, I was tired. I was wore out. That fish was beating me up. And all once, I, I finally took the time to calm down and look. In that rough sea at that point in time, God had almost made it calm. It was pristine what was behind me. I was like, God, you are so amazing. You took this rough sea and, and you calmed it down. We're fighting the fish and we're fighting and we're going on. We're two men in a small boat, too small for the conditions. Nacho says the fish was between 80 and 100 pounds. So from now on, my fish was 100 pounds. Right? I was so excited at the end of that. I told Nacho, I said, Nacho, Nacho, you wouldn't believe how God was speaking to me during this. I told him the story, and Nacho spoke no English at that point in time. He did not want to hear my story. It really kind of broke my heart, you know. I'm like, Nacho, God, look, listen to this. Listen to what I'm saying, Nacho. And Nacho just went about doing his business of making me fish. Nacho. So I was so excited to share the good news that I finally, I just said, I took myself, what does any American do nowadays? They take a selfie. 
And I took this selfie, and there's my smile. I was like, yeah, I like that. I was having fun, and I, I'm sitting there, and, and we have time, so I had my arm wrapped around the, the railing again because all once the seas are back, and I'm trying to look at my, my, my picture of myself, and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it. And God continued to peel back layers on me. He kept saying, serve me, son. And I kept thinking of all the selfies that I've taken and all the pictures I've taken one of my mission trips over in Kenya. And I like to smile on that mission trip, Bob, far better than I like to smile that self-evident Bob right there. I get so excited when I serve over there and things that I do that it's just, sometimes pictures aren't even possible. You know, sometimes they're not a smile. It's more the situation that I'm in that God knows how joyous I am. I'm celebrating because the unfortunate part of some man or some, some circumstances leading me to the point that I'm able to serve him. We're, we're part of much, something much bigger than ourselves if we just allow ourselves to go out and be used by God in so many different ways. And I was just sitting there and I was just, God just kept going on and he just kept showing me so many different layers. As I looked around and I'm sitting there, I'm just thinking about how God was just telling me to smile and to serve him. I looked at the boat and and Nacho was doing things behind the boat. And quite often the boat were out in the ocean. He wasn't even steering the boat. The boat was just going in whatever direction it was going. The waves would take us. Every now and then I'd reach down and I'd give it a nudge. But the boat, we were just following along with the waves. And God so reminded me at that point in time. I said, Bob, that's the way your life is. That's the way your Christian walk is. Sometimes you don't know the path that you're going. God's going to put you in waves. You're going to have ebbs and flows. You're going to go back and forth. But you just got to hang on for the ride and be obedient. Look at where the boat's going, Bob. Look at how the boat, look where that is out there. Bob, that's where I'm sending you. Church, that is where he's sending you. And he peeled back the layers and he showed me, Bob, you're not going to catch every fish, every Christian behind me, behind you. But I need you to fish. I need you to chase after those that I'm sending you out in the uncharted waters, the wavy conditions, the hard conditions, and I need you to fish. Amen? We need to go out and be obedient to what it is that God's called us to do. Again, I got, got all excited. I want to share my message with, with Nacho. And I said, Nacho, Nacho, God keeps speaking to me. And Nacho didn't want to speak English. We ship, we, 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 I should say, we fished for several more hours. We caught two more fish. They were just little fish, but it was exciting. I, had, I just had an amazing time. And as we were driving back, back the opposite direction against the waves, that's where the ride wasn't fun. Those waves were, whoa, whoa, whoa. My back was hurting. My hips were hurting. But it was amazing trip how God was in control, even when we don't feel that we are in control, Right? Sometimes, who, who likes to be in control of their life? Yeah, we gotta allow God to be in control of our life. Amen? I'm supposed to be leaving in Kenya February 23rd. I'm supposed to be coming back and arriving back in the United States March 17th. But due to tribal unrest and some issues going on in Kenya, I've, I've backed my trip off because I don't want to put the people that take me over there and help me serve and all these people in danger of going into some areas that, that we shouldn't be in at this point in time because there's tribal clashing going on. Unfortunate situation, 
My heart aches for those that are in the line of fire, but I just can't do that to those people or myself unless God leads me there. God, we prayed over it, and God said, shorten your trip, Bob. When most of us come to Christ, why do you come to Christ? Those are some people, they're, they're kids and they've been brought up in the church. They don't know anything different. But some, for some people like myself, I was raised in a church and then I, I went and lived an earthly life for a few years and a worldly life. And then I came back, thank God. He chased after me. But why do we become Christians? Is he going to make us more holy? Is he going to make you a better husband? Make you a better wife? A better teacher? Morally pure? Why do we do it? Mark 1, 14 through 20. Mark 1, 14 through 20. This kind of comes from a, a little bit of a, a series I watched by Andy Stanley on, called Go Fish. It's on Right Now Media. I don't know if you guys have Right Now Media, but if you have the access to it, it's a wonderful, wonderful series. But he says in this, he says, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the gospel, amen. Repent is what we do, what people did, I should say. Repent was when people did when they wanted God to do something for them. Jesus is saying, get ready. I'm getting ready to do something new. Amen? Verse 16 says, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. They're in a boat, casting out their net. Why has he got to reaffirm that they're fishermen? Not sure, but he does it, right? They were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you more holy. Follow me, and I will make you a, a better man. Follow me, and I'll make you an upstanding citizen. No. It says, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nest, their nests, their nets, and followed him. Amen. They immediately, they got up. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I don't know if you guys are excited, but they immediately got up. They did something that made absolutely no sense. It doesn't seem responsible for them to, to get up and leave. Verse 19. And when he'd gone a little bit farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and who was also in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat, with the hired servants and went after him. They, they leave their fathers. They get into the boat. I don't know what they realize what they're getting themselves into at this point in time. We know what happens to them later, but they were obedient. We're here today celebrating Jesus Christ. All because these men started and decided to do something that made absolutely no sense. The boat ride they're about ready to get into, it was, it was going to be choppy ride, right? 
It wasn't going to be stable. It was going to, waves were going to be, they're going to go through some trials and tribulations. They realized at the time, they said, God say, hey, come along with me. Jesus, come along with me. Everything's going to be smooth. We're going to have three square. We're going to be sleeping in a comfy bed and everything's going to be just fine. And we're going to just go along and we're going to preach the gospel. No, the ride was going to be choppy. It wasn't going to be easy. Where the boat goes, sometimes you, you just have to go along for the ride. You have to follow. Followers doesn't mean he's going to make you perfect. He's going to make you fishers of men. Amen? You're going to be fishers of men. There was a woman that was married five times. And he made her a fisherman. A tax collector, right? A tax collector becomes a fisherman. Prostitutes became fishers of men. A man that was demon possessed becomes a fisherman. I got a short video I'd like you to see. But I like them. They are very active and oh. they can really, really uh, learn. Repeat. Yeah, yeah. I said, let's now say one. And they said, say one. Say one. <laughs> <laughs> two. <laughs> say two. Say two. <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> it was. They're smart kids. I tell you. Oh. Yeah. That area is is the furthest north area, close to the equator that we go to. This is probably the fourth year that I've been there. And the first year I go there, I spoke to them. They were very receptive. Whenever I go into a local, local school to teach with these kids and, and bring them the word, the local elders are present. This is a 100% Muslim school. Why do we provide for them? That's the only way we can get our foot in the door, right? We can't provide for people if, if we don't give them the, we don't fish for them. And the, and the second year I went back there, and they, because we feed them, we give them paper, crayons, pencils. They said, thank you, Bob. Thank you for coming, and we've given you a local tribal name. From this point forward, you'll be known as Dende. You are now safe here. You can come into this village any point in time, and no one will harm you. I was kind of nervous about the year before, real quick. But Dende, what Dende means, as you can see in that video, there are no trees. It is hot. It's probably about 130 there that day. It is torturously hot in that location. They call me Dende. Dende is a large shade tree that provides covering and, and comfort to the families. Why? Because we feed their children. We take care of their children, and we give them some basic needs. Amen. So, pray. You never know. When God calls you, he says, are you going to be a missionary? No. I say, you're right. You were called to be fishers of men. All throughout the Bible, we find where people were called to be fishers of men. We see that the four, the four men that were called out of the boat that we spoke about, they weren't very good at it, were they? Let's get real about it. When the little children kind tried coming up, right, they, they shoot them away. 
It's no, 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 no. Jesus doesn't have time for you. Right? He said, Jesus, we went out and we tried casting out those demons and the demons, they wouldn't leave. We tried, we tried, they stayed. He said, well, did you pray? Oh. Right? They, they, were, they were like you and me. They, they weren't perfect. I, I don't know how to be a missionary all the time. I just get obedient. I get in and say, God, where are we going? What are we doing? We're following along on the trails, right? Where, where are you taking me? God's led me to basket of hope, and that's the calling that I have. But where is he calling you to? I go back to what I said to you before. The calling's difficult. I'm here today because those, those men were, they weren't perfect, but they, they were obedient what they called to be to do. Sharon Hester, Sharon Higgins at the time, when she was in her 30s and somebody says, you need to go to Kenya, I'm sure that not everybody come along and lovingly support her said, Kenyan, yes, go, Sharon, go, Sharon, go, Sharon. Many people were coming along saying, what are you thinking, Sharon? You're a single young lady. You have a good business mind. You have a chance to, to provide. You're going to be a great mother. But that's not what God called her to do. When we become Christians, you come up here and you say, hey, my marriage is a wreck. My life's in shambles. I just want to come in and I want to fix things and I want to, I want to do things. I want to be part of something bigger myself. But I want to do it for my house. And God, wants to, God does. He wants, to, he wants to mend you. He wants to fix you. He wants to love you. But he also wants you to be fishers of men. That's what he's called you to do. He's called you to go fish. Now, you might be sitting there saying, but Bob, 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 you know, God gave you a vision. Your spirit talked to you, and he told you to go to Kenya. Yes, he did. Yes, God gave me a vision on Basket Hope. It took five years before Sharon came into my life. And we, I went to a missionary church where we were mission-minded, and I said, I got to be part of those, all those missionaries that stand up, and they keep getting their hands laid on, they're getting prayed for. Those are some special people. And I said, Bob, I want to be one of those. So yeah, one day I signed up to go to Peru. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in. Look at me, everybody. Look, look, uh, missionary right here. And they laid hands on me. They prayed for me, and I went, and I ministered to the children. Little did I know at that point in time, many of the things and the songs and the actions that I learned in, in, in Peru by another person, I use in Kenya today. I went for a selfish reason. I went, and God still used me. Amen? God took the selfish man, and he said, I'm going to use you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you by somebody that's going to mentor you into the man that I want you to become. Amen? So when you're sitting there, and you're thinking, oh, God, I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not going to be that person, Bob. You're right, you might not be that person. You'll never be that person unless you get up and act upon it. Sounds kind of tough and kind of harsh, but it's the truth. God is, the Holy Spirit will move upon you and he will use you to do things that you had no possible fathom way to know that you would be capable of doing. I'm a little boy from Addison, Michigan, a town of about 500 people, and I'm here to speak to you today. How did I get to that point? It's through many trials and tribulations I'm not perfect. I'm going to go home and I'm going to make a mistake. But we can't be fearful of making a mistake and not evangelizing and be fishers of men in a perfect manner. 
You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to move you. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. It says, therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of hands and minds. Or laying of hands, pardon me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. I've heard this come from pastor. The Holy Spirit will use you. You're thinking, I'm too old to be used. Has anybody traveled to Kenya with Sharon Hester and Howard in their 80s? I tell you, I cannot keep up with them. God will use you. You think, I, can't, I have a disability. I can't, I can't minister to anybody. Go speak to somebody that has a disability. Pastor Bob, I'm a child. I'm too young to do ministry. I've seen more people that are little kids, six, seven, eight years old, lead adults to Christ because they were faithful and wanted to learn more about God. Amen? You don't have to be perfect. You just have to allow the Spirit of God come upon you and to be used, to be willing to be used. And as, just like me, I made a mistake. I selfishly went on a mission trip. But God used me. You think God hasn't given me my vision. The Holy Spirit isn't speaking to me, Mom. I'm in a dry season where I haven't heard the word of God. Well, you know that this man right here has a vision to go work in the slums of Detroit, as an example. And you haven't got that vision. Go help that man. Go walk alongside of him. Go arm in arm with him out into the mission field. Until God will give you the vision that he has for you. Because I can guarantee you he wants to make you a fisherman. He has a vision and a plan for you. You just have to be willing. My own family would tell me I'm crazy for going to Kenya sometimes. Why do you go? You know, if God sends you someplace, it might be on the front line of a war. But it's better for you to be on the front line of that war in the will of God than sitting in the comfort of your own home and your lazy boy with the remote in your hand. God wants to use you. I don't care what your abilities are. God wants you to be fishers of men. That day when I went out on the boat, I came back. My beautiful wife sitting up on the shore. Her smile. She had the day of her life. Well, maybe not as good days as the day we got married. But she had a great time. God used her that day. I'm begging you to allow God to use you. You, you, God wants to use you. Just like the lady said, I don't believe that I can do it. Bob, I don't have the ability to do it. God believes you do. God knows you do. You don't have to be perfect. Allow God to stir in your soul. And just let it go. Trust the Lord and let it go.
get ready to close, I just want to, I want to pray for you real quick. And the pastor will come on up and finish everything up and correct the mistakes I've made. But that's the thing. You've got to be willing. You can't be fearful of the mistakes you're going to make. You're going to make them. Your Heavenly Father, you are an awesome God. You're the creators of the heavens and the earth. You spoke the world into existence. Here I am, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Use us. Nothing is impossible for you. I know that you want to use these people, and you still want to use me, Father. Place that yearning on their heart. Give them the strength to share their vision, their dreams, the hopes of what it is that you're placing on them with one another. And those that don't have the vision and dreams, help them to walk alongside of someone else to fulfill their dreams of what it is that you've called them to do, Father. To fulfill their visions. Father, we want to be fishers of men. We want to drop our nets and follow after you without cause, without reason. Why? Because you've called us to do something greater than ourselves. To further your kingdom. So that someday, some person, years from now, can be standing and proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ to a church that he doesn't believe he should be in at that point in time, just as I'm here today, Lord. You are an awesome God. Holy Spirit, move and stir us with conviction and Jesus' name we pray. Amen.